Hey, thank you all for coming. I'm Mark Smith. Oh, yeah, I got that. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. I'm with the Baptist Children's Home. I'm the uh, Foster and Adoption Church Liaison. And basically what that is, the, just to kind of help you see from the 30,000-foot view, what that simply is, is I help you understand what the great need of foster care and adoption is here in North Carolina and then how you can actually partner with BCH to address this incredible crisis that we're faced with. Now, on the screen you see something. If you've ever been down to Thomasville, which is probably 30 minutes or so, just down 85 from here, this is a, an iconic picture right in front of the chapel there on, on the campus. And it's just uh, uh, the, something that uh, folks have come to see for years and years. As a matter of fact, decades, the Southern Baptist Convention, your churches have been partners with BCH uh, for such a long time, and we thank you for that. It's, we, we would not be where we are today without you. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. I hear stories just about how God has just blessed us through you countless ways. And so we thank you for just your support. Here's the thing, though. Today we're faced with a growing crisis. And we need to come to you in a little bit of a different way. I know there's been times when you've maybe sent groups to a particular home. Maybe you've kind of participated in something called the Food Roundup. There's all sorts of different things that you've been able to accomplish through your ministries to help us. Well, this time we're kind of coming at you from a little different perspective. Because something that we're finding that's a great need in our state is this Every Child initiative is to launch this to ask our churches for this type of help, this special kind of help, if you, if you will. Let me share this one picture with you and just ask you a simple question. What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you look at this graphic? Sadness. Sadness. Thanks, Derek. What else? Dirty. Dirty. Okay, yeah. Reaching out. What else? Yeah, her eyes. There's a lot of things we can continue to talk about, but one of the things I want to direct, direct your attention to are two things. Obviously, the number 16,000. And then that word crisis. 16,000. Now, let me give you a bit of an update. The number 16,000 is actually a little over three years old. Hey, come on in. Three years old. Let me take you to an, another slide here in just a second, because what you're going to see, uh, uh, the numbers that I'm able to get off of a particular website called CAFO.org, the actual number is over 17,000, but that number was last year. So my guess is we're still on that upward trajectory. Now, what I'm gonna attempt to do right here could be a absolute unmitigated disaster. But I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm, I'm, I feel reckless because here's what I want you to take a look at. Take your phone out, and then I'm gonna tell you to put your phone back up in a minute, okay? So, but take your phone out, see if you can like open up your camera on your phone and see if that will take you to a website called CAFO.org. Do you know how to follow the prompts from there? You may need to stand up and get a little closer to the screen. Maybe the angle of it might not be quite right for you. 
But if you are, are, is anybody getting there? Yeah. Okay, so, so just scroll down just a little bit. You can see where you can put in your county and then a comma and, and the state that you live in, or you can actually pick it from, if you scroll down a little bit further, you can actually pick it from a list, North Carolina, and then go to the county that you, you live in. Anybody got any numbers yet? Yes. Okay. Tell me the number of children in foster care. Tell me the, the name of your county. Stokes County. Stokes County. Yes, ma'am. And the number of children in out-of-home placements? Uh-huh. 136. 136. Okay. After that, though, is... Go slide down, slide up just a little bit further. 36 licensed foster Okay. So, so just kind of put your screen right there. 130... It was 136. 136 and then 36 foster family. So, so you see that there's a huge discrepancy there, 136 to 36. Who else has a, your county pulled up? 130. 130 and 88. And you're in Columbus County, 130 and 88. 181 Union County. Union, okay. What's the second number you need? The net second number is how many licensed foster families. It should be right below that. 177. 177. So that gap is a bit tighter, isn't it? So hoping that that was going to work, and I think it did. So, okay, now, everybody put your phones up. <laughs> <laughs> you can go play with that later. I went ahead, and just since I knew we were in Guilford County, I went ahead and just pulled this data. So we see here in Guilford County the different... County numbers off this website. Now, remember, this website is giving you the number of children in foster care. That number does this every single day. So, how accurate is this number? It can't be. However, it at least gives us some data. It gives us an opportunity to have a conversation. You see this second column, the number of foster families. Now, let's just pick on Guilford County for just a second. I know Derek, you're in you're in Guilford County. Who's who else may be from Guilford County here? Okay, so we've got a couple more, yeah. So Guilford County, 729 in foster care, 346 foster families. Now, I got two questions. When I look at this column, these two columns, I have two questions. The first question is really related to the number of foster families first. Because I got to ask the question, of 346 foster families, how many of those families are Bible-believing, church-going, gospel-centered, and can disciple a child, families? That's my question. Multi-part question, but you get my idea. So what do you think might happen to that 346? My guess is it's going to go down. Now, I'd like to be optimistic and say maybe it's half. Okay, I don't know what that number is, and I don't know that we would ever be able to know, honestly. But for the sake of conversation, when we look at this number, now, right now, it's maybe about a one to two ratio, give or take. What do you think, Derek? Give or close, I mean, just rough numbers. When we cut that number in half, now what are we looking at? And I think we can do that throughout the entire state. So that's why it is our plea to let us partner with you and let's quadruple this number in every county. There's 8,131 foster families in our state. We need to quadruple that. And I'll, I'll get into that, the reasons for that here in just a minute. But let's ask another question of this 17,039. 
when you total up all the counties, that's the number that you come up with. But let me, here's another question. Of that 729 children in foster care, how many of those children are not being represented because a DSS person, a DSS agent, goes to, some, goes to a home and knows good and well, I need to take this child out of this situation, out of this circumstance. I gotta get this kid out of here. But they hesitate because they don't have any place to take it. There's no place for them to go because there's not enough foster families to be able to take that child to a safe, secure, Bible-believing, church-going, gospel-centered, who can disciple a child home. Now, the reason why I say that is simply this. Dave Heller used to uh, work as a sheriff down in um, Columbus County. I was actually at a different association just a few weeks back down uh, in Wadesboro. And a pastor raised his hand and says, hey, Mark, I got, I got something to tell you. He, we were in this discussion right here. He said, I got something to tell you. He said, there was, there's a lady who goes to my church who works for DSS. And, she, and he said, she has gone to homes where she knew good and well, I need to take this kid out of here. But she couldn't because she didn't have a place to take it. That's why we need your help. We need your help desperately to increase these numbers. And you know, those folks are sitting right in our churches. Now, does that mean everybody needs to be a foster family that, that goes to your church? The answer is absolutely no. You know, seasons of life, circumstances that happen, it's just not the right timing. Maybe, maybe they're just not really ready for such, a, for such a responsibility. Because you really do need to be led by the Lord to enter into these steps of being a foster family. And so that, that's what I want to just kind of share with you quickly today is just an idea on how to take this big, big humongous problem that we have. You know, we see these big numbers, but okay, let's break it down and let's make it more manageable within our own counties. And, and let's think through how can we help our people understand what the problem is and, and share with them from God's heart what he says that needs to be done by the church. And let's help communicate this to, to the folks in our, in our congregations. And who knows what the Holy Spirit might do? He might just be leading some folks to say, yes, God is calling us to, to be a foster family. So here's my simple suggestion, simple, easy suggestion. Okay, here, here's, here's just what I'd like to walk you through, something real simple. I would highly encourage you to pray and, and you know, get on your knees. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to get on your face. Is this something that we need to bring to our church? Because foster care, it's messy. It's hard. It's difficult. It's probably going to be one of the most sanctifying things a family could ever do. Now, when I use that word sanctifying, I can probably with about 100% confidence, always say that it will not be easy. <laughs> when has God ever tried to sanctify us and it was just a breeze, right? 
Never. <laughs> he wants to stretch us. He wants to make us into the image of his, of his son. So that's always going to take some, some hard work. So I would just encourage you to pray. Something I'm really trying to help pastors kind of get, their, get their, their minds wrapped around is perhaps to, so that their folks can, can um, uh, really understand God's heart is to do a sermon series. Because we know what God's heart is on this subject with the vulnerable. What are some of the things that the Bible tells us about His heartbeat for children, for the fatherless, for the widows? What's, what's the Bible say? You know what? Take care of them. What else does it say? True religion. Yeah, James chapter 127. What does your religion look like? Well, you come alongside and you get into the mess with these people. Doesn't the Bible say that He's the father to the fatherless? Yeah. And so God desires for us to join Him on this mission. Matter of fact, in Exodus 22, now this is a hard, hard, hard couple, three verses to, to read and to think about, but in Exodus 22, here's the children of Israel you know, sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God in, in, in His sovereignty says, look, you folks, do not take advantage of the fatherless or the widows. Don't do it. Verse 22. Verse 23 says, Because if you do, and they cry out to me, I will hear them. You hear God's promise in that? He pulls zero punch on that. And then he says in verse 24, and here's where the bark really gets on, the, on this whole story. He says very simply, he says, Because if they cry out to me, number verse 24, I will hear them, and I will kill you with the sword, therefore making your wives widows and your children, guess what? There you go. So how serious is God about this? But we need to help our, help our people understand that. Now, I wouldn't start out preaching on that particular verse. <laughs> Be careful with that. Okay. But you get my point. We need to help our people understand this incredible heartbeat that God has for people who can't help themselves. Now, I wish I had it all nice and tidy in a package today, but I do not. But check back with me in the future. Very soon, I hope to have. I hope to be able to just to take a, 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 a thumb drive and just be able to hand it to you and say, on that thumb drive, there's about 10 sermon manuscripts of people who have preached on these subjects right here. Or orphan care, adoption, fostering. These people have preached on this. As a matter of fact, they preached on it in such a way that it changed the DNA of their churches. And both of those pastors are right here in this state. One of them, matter of fact, is right here in this town, Mercy Hill. His, that pastor, um, Andrew Hopper, he's given me six of his sermons, manuscripts. I want to hand them right, to, or right over to you. And, and on that thumb drive, I, I want to give you some videos. I want to give you some graphics. I want to put some, uh, some different things that you can put on social media. I mean, just I want to just overload you with stuff so that when this time comes, you're ready to just share with your people what God's story about all this is. I wish I had that today, but stay tuned. Because once you conclude this sermon series, whether it's a two sermons, three sermons, I don't know, four, five, whatever. Andrew Hopper did six. Then invite somebody from BCH, myself, get in contact with me, and we'll get somebody at your church on the heels of your sermon series, maybe even that, like, 
you preach the last sermon on Sunday, let's have a lunch. You can't do Chick-fil-A then on a Sunday, right? <laughs> so that means you get something different. So, but invite somebody so that your folks could then walk into a meeting. They've heard all of what God's Word has to say. Now give them a chance to ask questions. Because when they come to this meeting, it is not, and I repeat, it is not to sign on any dotted lines. It is only for the intent for them to know how to pray. Because you know as well as I do, if you're a pastor, you know as well as I do, there's some folks you kind of wonder, hey, is God, is, could he genuinely be calling a family to be a foster family? And then you look right across the aisle and you're like, Whew, they don't need anything else in their lives, <laughs> right? I mean, we know that. We, we work with those people. You, you live with those people day in, day out. But who is it that God could genuinely be calling? Invite them to that meeting. Even if they're not even quite sure, invite them to that meeting. And just let them start the process of prayer. And then, now here's where I'm going to get into the weeds just a little bit. What we want to do is notice how these two things pop up simultaneously. We want to start the licensing process, or we want to, and we want to also at the same time begin building support teams at your church. Now, let me, let me kind of take a bit of a step back and slow down just a little bit. And let me walk you through this process. Now, at BCH, we have what I call four lanes. Some folks just feel that the Lord is leading them solely to be a foster family. That's great. Some folks may say, yeah, we want to do the foster, we want to be a foster family, we want to do all the training and get, and get, get licensed. But we may also want to adopt. Hey, praise the Lord. If that could possibly work out, hey, let's see. Let's see what the Holy Spirit would do. Thirdly, the third lane is that we also have a ministry called Christian Adoption Services. And what that simply is, is if a, if a family, if a mom and a dad, if they want to adopt a child privately, private adoption, not, not through the foster system, but a private adoption, we have a ministry that will, that will connect you to a birth mother and, and, and walk with that family every single step of the way. They don't only walk with the family who wants to adopt that child, they're actually still walking with that, that, that birth mother prior to the baby being born, but especially after that baby's born. The Christian Adoption Services is there. Now, when I say private adoption, you already know what that means. That means dollars. We're, lo we're looking at north of $20,000. Okay, that's where it starts. All that mostly is just legal stuff. But nonetheless, that's never going to be an issue when it comes to BCH. Now, we can't just dole out the money, obviously, but we can work with the family to help them secure the, the necessary funds, help them point them in, in certain directions to be able to get those monies, perhaps even your church. You could, you could actually start a, a line item in your church to, to, for, for families who are, are in the process or wanting to maybe consider being uh, adopt a child. What if your church had a, had a line item to, to, for, for folks just to give to that? Who knows what God would do with that? The fourth lane is simply this. If somebody wants to adopt a child internationally, currently Christian Adoption Services works with the, uh, uh, excuse me, the Philippines and the Czech Republic. Now, of course, when it's international, we're, you're automatically adding about another 12 months to the whole process. It's just, it just takes time. But let me get back to this licensing process. 
Okay, so you hear the, the adoption options. The licensing process is very unique when it comes to BCH, Baptist Children's Home. We actually have our own people who do the training. DSS requires that, that they say that they have to be in 30 hours of training, 30 hours of classroom time to get their license. Plus, they have to uh, pass a background check, they got to do um, uh, different parts as far as getting your physicals, home inspections, your, your fingerprints. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. But our trainers are going to walk with your, your, your church folk every single step of the way. They're, they're not going to let you fail. Matter of fact, in the training, a lot of DSSs say, okay, y'all come on Tuesday at 7 for the next X weeks. Well, at BCH, we say, what's going to work best in your, in your context? What's going to work best at your church? It, maybe it's Tuesday this week, but maybe it's Thursday the next. We're, we're flexible as, as best as we can be, okay? Our goal is to work with y'all. That's it. Notice that you never see, call BCH if you want to be a foster family. You never see that on a billboard anywhere. That's on purpose. It's not that we couldn't afford it. It's, it's that we choose to work with the churches solely. That's our, that's our promise. Because remember what I said, we, we need people who are gospel-centered. We need people who can disciple a child. Now, when this licensing process gets, gets started, it's done from a biblical perspective. You're not going to get that everywhere, I promise you that. My, my daughter and her husband experienced that firsthand when they went through their licensing process years ago. But you will get it from, from us. Not only that, if you've had any relationship with anybody who's been a foster pa parent, you're, you're going you're to absolutely go, out, go crazy on this one. BCH also, when you go through us to get your license or you transfer your license to BCH, we actually give you a case manager from BCH. Now. Case managers from DSS, you're not getting away from them. They own the child. And I praise the Lord for that. Because God has actually given them the commission as a government entity to get those children out of those harsh environments. He, he's, he's the one who's ordained the government to do that. But you know who's, who he looks at to take care of that child? The church. And that's where we can come on strong. Because with that case manager from BCH, that's a person who gets to come to the family's home and prays with them, walks them through any kind of rough patches they may be handling, helps them answer questions that they may have, that they may have a difficulty you know, getting in touch with somebody from DSS because DSS case managers have 30, 40 plus caseloads. BCH, they only have 10. And that's on purpose, because we want our people to be in the field to minister to those families. That's the goal, is to walk with you every step of the way. Now, here's where I come in. You're like, okay, so you've been talking about everybody else doing all this stuff. What do you do? Well, okay, here's what I do. I want to work with you and your church leadership to help build these support teams, because these support teams are vital. I'll, I'll even say, I'll even go a word stronger, critical for the success of, these, of this group. What I'm simply saying is this. We put together a support team. A support team is, is a group of people from your church, maybe from a Sunday school class, small group, maybe it's a group of deacons, maybe it's a WMU, I mean, who knows, wherever these people would come from, 
but from your church who will be there to wrap their arms around those families who are fostering, to lift the weight off of them. Let me give you a simple example of what that looks like. We build a support team and every support team has a leader. So that leader has four, five, six, eight, ten people working with that leader. Okay, so that leader once, hopefully more than once a week, calls the family who's fostering and asks them two questions. How can we pray for you? What do you need? Because that first question, how can we pray? That's what gets disseminated back to the group. Hey, we got these prayer requests. Let's, let's get together. Let's, let's pray. Let's get on the phone. Let's get on Zoom. Let's pray for this family. But then he says, okay, what do you need? Well, you know what? We've got, um, we've got, we've got to take our, our foster kid to, uh, down, to, down to the hospital. And it's, we don't know how long it's going to take. We, we've got to take them to this uh, particular uh, office. And, and, and so this, this child is going to be uh, with this, with this, you know, in, this, uh, in this doctor's appointment. We don't know how long. It's going to just take a while. We know that. And after that, we've got to maybe do a family visit. So the care, the, you know, so the care team, the, the, the support team leader says, hey, well, no problem. What day are we talking about? Thursday? Got you covered. We'll pick up your kids from school, so don't even worry about that. We got, we got you covered with that. And matter of fact, you just give me a call because we'll have your kids at home whenever you say you're, you're heading home. We'll have your kids to meet you at home. And matter of fact, we'll have dinner on the table. That's what a support team, that's how you wrap around this family. Does that happen every day? Well, of course not. But what if it happened two, three times a month, four times a month? Don't you think as a, as, a, as a foster family that would just just encourage you? Feeling those arms wrapping around you? Now that's just one simple example. What if you've got a church and maybe the average age, 60 years old. I can say 60 because I'm 58. I'm close, right? So 60 years old, that's the average age of your church. Well, Mark, we don't have anybody who can who can do any licensing. I, I would say, okay, well, maybe, but maybe not. Because there's a huge need when it comes to respite care. And what's that? That means, that means those folks who are, who, are, who are doing this day in, day out, you know what? They just might need a break on a weekend. Well, what if, what if a 60-year-old a, a couple says, you know what, we'll go through the training and we'll be ready for that family whenever they need to have a, have a date weekend? We'll take the kids for the weekend and let them go off and, and enjoy themselves. That's respite. A lot of empty nesters can handle two, two, maybe three weekends a year, don't you think? Everybody can do something. Not everybody can be foster family, but everybody can do something. Or, or what if you're saying, well, okay, maybe, we're, maybe the average age of our, family, of our church is 70 years old. No problem, because everybody can do something. Because these families who are bringing these children into their homes, they might need some resources. They might need a crib, let's just say. You, you get, you're a foster family, you and your wife, and in the middle of the night you get a phone call from a DSS person and she says, he or she says, we've got a newborn baby, would you receive them? And that's, their, that's your call if you receive them or not, okay? You're not made to do that. But you can say yes or you can say no. But let's just say in this case, you say yes. But you're not ready for a newborn. You don't, you don't have any kids at your house. <laughs> so what are you most supposed to do? 
well, what if your church cleaned out a closet with, with all those softball trophies that you had, right? Okay, and what if you filled it up with brand new cribs, mattresses, you know, blankets, sheets, whatever. And, and what if the DSS person says, well, you know what? I know exactly who to call. Joey's Church, they got you covered. He'll have, Joey's Church will have somebody at your house by 9 o'clock the next day building that, that crib for you. Now, that's some simple examples, but it can actually go on and on and on and on and on. Dave, you were sharing with me an incredible story. Can you take a minute and share with everybody what your association is doing down in, down in your county, down in... We, uh, a lot of times when the kids are taken out of homes, the only thing they take with them is a Walmart bag full of dirty clothes. And uh, sometimes these foster parents can't afford, don't have the resources to be able to go and get these kids the clothes they need. So we're beginning the ministry to where we will have our churches uh, donate $100 Walmart gift cards. And DSS will then call us and say, all right, I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Here's their sizes. It's a boy and a girl. And we'll say, great. We'll call up our team. They'll go to Walmart. They'll buy a couple of sets of clothes, a pair of shoes, socks, and underwear. Um, and tell the DSS worker to come to the association office at 9 o'clock the next morning and pick it up. Um, it helps them out, it gets our churches involved, and it also provides them one more avenue to try to minister to these kids um, that otherwise they may not have that chance to do. That's it? Yeah. Thanks, Dave. You see how simple this is? It's not rocket, it's not rocket surgery. We can do this. Now, let me finish up and I'm going to leave, it, leave some other time for questions. You know, you've, you've, you've been through several months here because going through this licensing process takes about two or three months. We're not talking about a weekend retreat kind of thing. Okay, it's, it's time consuming. Getting all the home inspections and everything, all that taken care of, okay, it takes time. So why not have a commission service? I mean, you, you, had, you had a huge opportunity to talk about it here. Well, why not then just have folks come and let's say, this is what God's doing in these people's lives. This is how God is stirring us as a congregation. Perhaps he might be changing our DNA. I mentioned to you a pastor who gave me six of his manuscripts. After he preached those six sermons, the DNA of his church changed. I'm talking to another pastor next week. His name is Tony Morita down in Mago Day. He preached sermons, a sermon series similar to, to what um, uh, Andrew... Andrew Hopper did back years ago. Matter of fact, he actually said, I fell under the conviction of my own preaching. He's going to give me some of his sermons. I don't know what he's going to give me yet. Give me some good ones, okay, if he hears that. All right. But do a commission. Let people, let people see what's, what God is doing. You mentioned it a while ago, Joey. What's your religion look like? What, this is it. Because matter of fact, what's, what's on the tail end of that verse? To do what? To whom? To take care of the widows and the orphans. Because what you're really trying to do here is create a drip strategy is what I'd call it. Every month I'll just challenge you. Every month. Talk about foster care and adoption in some way, shape, or form. It could be, it could be testimonies from these folks down here. 
We've got a bunch of videos on our website, every-child.org. We've got a bunch of videos on our website you, is, you're welcome to use, download, and, and, and use them. All these different things. Maybe you're having just a, a, a simple date night for all the foster families in your church. We'll talk about those things at least once a month just to help people keep it fresh. That's, that's the goal. So here's my big asks. Three things. Because it's all based on this, ver this verse right here. True religion, what does it look like? Pure and faultless religion is, is this. To look after. The Greek word means a little more than just to look after. It means to get into their mess and to be there for them. That's what it means. It means you're there to care for them, for these vulnerable people in their distress. So I'm just simply asking you, would you pray? Consider talking about it to your congregation. Whether it be a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, I don't know. What's, what's best for your context? And then invite us. And really the simple thing to do, and I got my cards right here, just give me a call. Give me a call. Because the church, simply, it is the answer. Now, let me pause. The cows could come home and I could still be talking, all right? But let me just, let me, let me just stop, because I want to spend the rest of our time. What questions do you have? What is the financial responsibility to be a foster parent? Great question. Excellent question. When it comes to the, the actual training from BCH, zero. When it comes to uh, getting that, um, uh, that case manager, zero. When it comes to uh, getting the, um, all the paperwork taken care of, zero. Now, when it comes to some, some expense, well, it probably costs, what, 10 maybe $20 to get, a, get your fingerprints? It's $10. $10? Okay. Uh, so there's an expense. There has to be a physical, so that could potentially be an expense. You do have to have a home inspection by someone from the fire department, but if, many, many counties are like this, if you tell them, hey, we're doing this for, because we're gonna be a foster family, a lot of them will just say, no charge. But even if there was a charge, I don't know, I mean, it's maybe $100 or $200, it's, it depends on the county. But my guess is if push come to shove, I bet the church could help them out. Help them out. So we're not talking about a big expense. But as a foster parent, these mm -hmm. children, they're in your home. Oh, that's and, right. And you are providing that's right. for them. Mm -hmm. And they could potentially be with you for... Who knows? Alone. Yeah, our daughter and her, her husband had their, their two foster kids for 19 months. Yeah. So to help you understand that, of course, you got your church family who can wrap around you, help you with resources, help you with just different things you might need. But there's actually, depending on kind of where you live, there's, there's wonderful closed closets just specifically for foster families. When you are in the, in the foster care ministry through the state, you actually get a stipend for each child. It depends on the age of the child about how much you get. So there are monies that the, that the family will receive because there's you know, extra water being used, there's electricity, there's food being consumed, yes. So yes, there is some expense, but there is some stipend. I know there's an initiative <coughs> on me. the Baptist State Convention level yes, sir. Um, that we'll be voting on at our next board meeting Mm -hmm. that uh, to have money set aside to help. But I, I'm not, I wasn't clear if it was for 
fostering or actual adoption? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Joey, would you know the answer to that? I remember him talking about it in the board meeting. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I don't I, It was a real quick statement. So. <laughs> I'm listening like it was more adoption than the yeah. yeah, now the adoption side is is expense. Now, when it comes to private adoption, we're talking 20 plus. When you go through foster care, and then you could potentially be looking at, at adoption. Now, remember, it's about it's around 20 about 20 uh, excuse me two thousand dollars give or take. Okay, don't hold me to that number, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. I think it might depend on the county. Yeah, that's yeah. Out of fostering, but now remember, when that child gets pulled out of a home, the absolute plan A is reunification. That's plan A. So that's what a, that's what a foster family needs to needs to come to grips with. They need to understand that. That's plan A. But sometimes plan A doesn't work out for that child, and so then there then could be the other process of that child being eligible for adoption. Well, your statement about um, the DSS. Thing. My daughter is a social worker, mm -hmm. and um, part of her internship was going with uh, a head lady. Yeah. And so many nights she would call me and she'd say, "Dad, I can't tell you names or mm -hmm. anything." She yeah. said that I mean, she'd be in tears, crying about some of the right. situations that she had seen, and they were not able to take the children. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just, um, yeah, it's, it's really messed up. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's there's not enough there's there's, there, there's so much de demand, but there's not enough supply. Yeah. But we could fix that. Yeah. I think this is a great initiative that uh, you know our EDT has put in place. Because mm -hmm. think about it from this perspective. What if we did quadruple these numbers in every county? What, what would that, what kind of waves do you think that might just start to perpetuate in a county? Just think about that just for a second. We quadruple the numbers. There's 300, what was it, 326 in Guilford County? What if we quadrupled that number? What if there was over, over 1,200? What, what would happen with people who aren't believers in Christ? What would they be thinking? What would happen to DSS workers who have lost faith in the church? What would happen to government officials in these counties? What would the conversations be then? Where are the Christian adoption? I know there's one in Indian Trail. That's the main headquarters, but there's several throughout the state. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know there's one in Rocky Mount. There's, there's uh, one or two in South Carolina. They actually have a license to work in South Carolina as well. I live close to the one in Indian Trail. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's another one or two, and I don't know where they are. What Thomasville, of course. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. What other questions? I just think one of the biggest impacts is the opportunity to have an impact with the gospel in a generation of kids. Seventeen thousand kids. Mm. You're talking a generation. That's right. That right now, in, in you've got some that are good foster parents and some that are doing it to get a check. And That's right. When you, when you bring the church into it mm -hmm. and the gospel comes into play. That's right. 
you know, you, you really could affect an entire generation. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. You mentioned the meetings that, that you could have at the church and you guys would come in and yeah. answer questions. I can imagine one of the questions from anybody that's kind of just starting to think about it, but they would love to talk to other foster parents that have gone. Do y'all mm. bring people in to ask us to give examples and, and testimony to it, or is if, there a way to match people well, up to if, if we knew a foster parents? If we knew ahead of time, yeah, we could we could at least zoom them in yeah. would be the minimum, yeah. Or if they're close enough to wherever the church might be, yeah, we could we could get them there. I can see that being a benefit mm -hmm. of actually talking to somebody who's been through the process. It certainly is, yes, sir. Okay. Well, we need a heads up for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The data that you asked us to bring up. Yes, ma'am. It says. Ours was like 136. Uh-huh, Stokes County. Right, mm -hmm. 136 kids and 36 licensed families. Right. But we have 75 churches uh -huh. in the county. So, right. if, you know, what you're saying is the church is the answer, and that would significantly, <clears throat> yes, even if each one of them did just a little bit. Yes, ma'am. And we've tried to put into practice. Um, every, every year we do something called a Mm -hmm. and um, to help put hands and feet what they learn throughout the year. There you go. But, you know, so it's for all ages. Mm -hmm. And we always do something for BCH. Wow, thank and you. So, so it's partially just, I, I don't think that it's something that's not at our doorstep mm -hmm. like it is here. So I don't think that you, you pay as close as Attention. Right. You know, you just see it as a line item sometimes. That's right. Put faces to it. So mm -hmm. we've tried to take as many people as we can mm -hmm. with the kids, like for mm -hmm. a, a, a backyard Bible school. Down yeah. There, or in, in Thomasville. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Or, or um, we've had we've had a speaker come before, mm -hmm. and we've sent her home with like peanut butter and jelly. Or yeah. Like, you know, yeah. We've collected and you know different mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Amen. All of that is golden. It really is. Every bit of that. Do you adopt out of state? Through DSS? No. No. It's it's all in state. No. Okay. So like the Baptist Children's Adoption. Mm -hmm. Now the 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 uh, Christian Adoption Services. Now they can. Yes. So the one there in Trail can 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 mm -hmm. do that. That because they have also have license in South Carolina. Beyond that, I'm not 100 percent sure. My wife's got a, uh, a nephew they live in Texas. And mm -hmm. They've been trying to adopt, and they just can't. Right. Well, Chris, maybe available. Okay, and that's and that's another issue. Yeah. Right. Because what if things start getting sideways with Road B Way? Yeah. What if, what if that starts to change? Where are these babies going to go? Are we ready to handle that? Yeah, you're right. Not yet. Maybe this is God's wake-up call. Now, you say that's your son and... That's my wife's... Um, sorry. I think that's my wife's nephew. Okay, so your wife's nephew. Have them call Christian Adoption Services. They also partner with other agencies all throughout okay. the country. So they could at least connect some dots, to help connect some dots for them. Okay. Yes, sir. I was just going to ask, so I, I guess... Um, 
talk about the sermon series be, can be used mm-hmm. really for God, I think, to kind of work in our hearts. That's right. And really set the stage. And <clears throat> kind of first testament, I guess, my wife and I, and I'm kind of a lay leader. God kind of worked in our hearts, and we ended up adopting last year. <coughs> and But it wasn't through so much yeah. of a sermon series. Is there a way, for example, do you have any resources to, for lay leaders or those that may have certain callings within ministries of the churches to equip or people to then look at and, and wrestle over hmm. and go through misconceptions and ah. to lead to that information meeting, if yeah. that makes sense. So another almost like a 2B step where, you know, <laughs> if, you know if, two, if, if the sermon series doesn't do it and if God doesn't work that route or the, or the preacher only does two sermons instead of the six, uh-huh. you know, how can we still, because, you know, God had to work in our hearts and we had misconceptions, we had fears, right? Mainly of course, fears. of course. And then, you know, it just took some time to really pray over and mm-hmm. think about it and look into those things and, and people, you know, defeating those misconceptions mm-hmm. and then it's all right, God. Yeah. You know, lead us in however you want us to, to right. know, but anyway, right. I also say, is there a way, do you have any resources, or maybe that's encouragement to you to think about, if there's a way you can equip yeah. um, to get people to be ready for that informational meeting session? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, two things, number one, what the pastor doesn't use on that little disc, right. wear it out, right. number two, but here's the better thing, you and your wife, y'all are the best resource to the rest of your congregation. You are the most incredible resource outside of scripture to be able to talk to them about what this means. There is nobody better. Well, that's what I mean. Certainly, that's our hope and prayer right now. Yeah. But, yeah. And I'm not saying our, our minister is not supportive of the next one. No, no, no. Yeah, sure. We're going to churches right now. One is Mercy Hill. So, I, ah. you know, that's, like you said, it's kind of baked in the DNA there. But, yeah, um, but yeah I mean, we're trying to think of, okay, how can we yeah. uh, you know, let God work in other people's hearts and open mm-hmm. their eyes to this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if the sermons, if he only uses three of the, hopefully I got ten. That's my goal is have ten. If he only used three, then you got seven whole sermons to work with. <laughs> when you get those, how are you, you going to post it? Should it be uh, to them it's, It'll probably be downloadable for sure through like a Google Drive kind of situation, but also too I want to be able to hand it to, to folks in a thumb drive. Yeah, I'll mail you one if I don't okay. see you. <laughs> We're bumping up on our time, aren't we? One thirty. Okay, great. What other questions might you have? Excellent. This is where you learn. Yeah, I did this thing, but this is where you learn, honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. She has a heart. Uh huh. Is there? Is there a certain number of children? Yes, ma'am. Home? Yes, ma'am. It, it, uh, five, I think, is the is the max. So she has four biological. Are they are they in? Are they below eighteen? Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Okay. Eight to two. Yeah. Well, then then she she could they she and her, she and her husband could get licensed and they could actually foster one child. But I know stories from DSS <laughs> <laughs> that that can be fudged too. When when the crunch is on, let me. I'll just blanketly say it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 have the permission to fudge. <laughs> BCH we do not. <laughs> we have to play by the rules. Because they they managed to build a house um, in about three years ago, and they had a basement. And she said, and I want that basement so that we can 
There you go. Because because that's part of the home inspection. Yeah. It, you have to have a certain number. You have to have a bedroom based on the number of kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great question. What else? What else? <clears throat> the reason why I am so passionate about not just the Bible believing, the church going, yep, that's great. Gospel-centered, oh, absolutely. But the reason why I'm so passionate about who can disciple a child, simply this. I mentioned earlier that our daughter and her husband, <clears throat> they went through the DSS foster training, and it was, that was actually pretty rigorous for them because it's not from a biblical perspective. So just telling you, that's, that's, that could be hard for some folks. It was for my daughter. But yet they went through it nonetheless, and, and they were placed with a little six-year-old, little spitfire little girl, okay? She was placed in their home. They live up in the Hickory area. And within about a week, week and a half, they find out, my daughter and her husband find out that that little girl actually has a brand new baby brother, okay? So here's, here's this newborn now coming into their home. And so one of the things that my wife and I, we, they live in Hickory, we live in Graham, which is couple next county a couple couple towns over uh, down 40 one of the things that, that we said we're, that she and I were going to do we were going to provide respite care for them okay so and we did and there were many times when we would just my wife would go up on a, on a Thursday and, and and get both the children and bring them bring them to our house and we'd keep them for the weekend we did that a number of times in those 19 during those 19 months we were unapologetic when it came to scripture at my house just to, just to say, we, we pulled no punches. Uh, when our kids were growing up in our house, bedtime was centered around God's word before we, before we hit the pillow. Well, this wasn't going to change anything. Okay, yeah, they technically weren't our grandchildren, although we sort of like stepped into the little grand... We, we, got, our, we got our feet wet being grandparents with this. this. It was fun. Well, bedtime was no different, So and, and, and riding in the car was no different than when our kids were with us when they were young. We, we listened to Christian music. We, we said blessings at the table. I mean, we did Christian life in front of these two little, these two little precious people. Well, there was one day where, where this young lady, this little spitfire little girl, she, she's asking me some questions about heaven. And I'm thinking, okay, six years old, how in the world? So I'm just trying to think through how am I going to bring this down and talk to her? And it hit me. I thought, come here, I'll tell you what, I'm going to show you all these questions you're asking about heaven, living there, and what's there, and what's, go what's, what's all this about heaven. Let me just show you. So I said, meet me at the bottom of the steps. We have a two-story house. And so my wife grabs, grabs a little boy, her little brother. He's about not quite one years old yet, and, and she's a, a, almost seven. And so they're standing at the bottom of the step. I said, okay, y'all stand down there. I walk up to the top of the stairs. I said, okay, let's pretend that I'm God and up here is heaven. She looked at me. She said, you're not God. And I said, oh, we're pretending. She said, okay, okay. So here's, I'm up here in heaven and I want you to come up here and live with me forever. I want to have relationship with you. And she says, okay. I said, well, wait a minute. Before you move, there's some rules. I said, so that you know, you, you can't touch the steps. You can't touch the handrail, you can't touch the wall, the, the, the wood on the carpet, none of that on the steps. 
She said, huh? I'm like, that's the rules. She said, what am I supposed to do? I said, you figure it out. She said, well, I'll jump. I said, go right ahead. So, of course, she jumps and she hits about the second step. I said, ah, you broke the rule. Get off my step. She gets back down on the step. She looks up at me. She says, this is impossible. And I said, you're exactly right. But let me tell you what God did. So I start telling her about Jesus. And I'm walking down the steps trying to, and a, you know, six years old, I'm getting it down on her level. I pick her up and I'm telling her about what all kind of cool stuff Jesus did when he was on the planet. And I set her down, I said, be right back. Go back down the steps, pick up her little brother, walk him up, and I'm talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. I hand her her little brother, I said, stay right there. Walk back down the steps, pick up my wife, put her on my shoulder, walk her up the steps. All the while, all the while I'm telling them about how, how God made a way for her to come to heaven through Jesus. And I set her down. I had to take about two minutes to catch my breath. But you know what? She got it. She, she, she at least understood in her six-year-old little mindset. Several months goes by. And so... Um, we're visiting them down at the beach. They're, they were down the beach for the weekend or for the week, and so we just kind of go down for a few days. And I see her running through the house because that's what she, little Spitfires do. And I said, "Hey, stop! Come here a minute." She said, "What?" I said, "You remember that time you were asking me about heaven, and we did the whole thing with the stairs and all that stuff?" She said, "Yeah." I said, "What do you remember most? You sure were tired when you got finished taking Miss Sherry up the steps. <laughs> Anything else?" She said, "Yeah." And she could tell me, then in her seven-year-old little, little mind, exactly the premise of what I was trying to get through. She got it. On September the 12th, 2021, do y'all know what that infamous day was in the Baptist world? 2021, September 12th. Fill the tank. I had been at, at, at First Baptist Church Summerfield doing video. Matter of fact, got you doing some baptisms, sending it to Joey so that he could put it on the website. I get home that evening, sitting on my back porch, and on my phone comes a picture. Guess who's sitting in a baptistry up in Alexander, uh, excuse me, up in Caldwell County? That little now nine-year-old girl. That's why we need families who can disciple. Because you know what? what? What if that little girl would have gone back to her biologicals? Now, she's with her forever family now. Not, not with our daughter and her husband. She, she actually got adopted. But what if she had gone back to her biological family? That could have been the only bright spot in her whole life. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But praise the Lord, he saw fit to put her with somebody who was not only going to adopt her and bring her into her family, but also... Talk about Jesus, because these children are in distress, and the only remedy for that is Christ. So we need your help. So, so, simply, simply this, this. You want to take, you want to take a step, a step. Give me, give me a call, a call. That's that's me. Me. I got I got my card. My cards right here. Right here. This. Here. This. You pick up. Pick up one of these. One of these little little pamphlet, pamphlets. If you if you like on your like on your way out. Way out. out. We.
We need your help. We need your help. Let's talk. Let's talk. We're out. Of, we're out of time. Time. So, so thank y'all. Thank y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all being here. Being here. Very, very much. Very much. I I will do will do just that just that. Thank thank you Chris. Thank you Chris. You're, you're welcome.